Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's guest left the corporate world and entered network marketing in order to settle down and start a family. She was one of those amazing success stories among her network marketing company. She was among the top 1% of the company. She received cars and trips and even a $50,000 bonus check that was delivered to her as one of those giant life-size checks as she walked across the stage, only to discover that she still wasn't happy or financially secure. After going through a massive life transformation, she discovered a passion for empowering and educating women to claim their potential and to understand that success isn't found in money. It's found in fulfilling God's call and fueling your soul. Join me in welcoming Stephanie Gass to the podcast. Hey, Stephanie, I am so excited to now have you on Familypreneur since we've been exchanging interviews today. I can't wait to introduce you to my audience. Thanks, Meg. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I want to start. We always talk about balance, right? How balance looks in all of our households. It's all different. Can you start by introducing yourself, your business, and how that, how that business kind of fits into your family dynamic? Absolutely. So I am just a full-fledged mompreneur. You guys should know the word because you're listening to the Familypreneur podcast, right? So I am literally a mompreneur to the fullest extent. I run a female entrepreneur movement, really. I've got a podcast. I'm helping women understand what their God-led callings are, and then helping them understand that there's a way to monetize that and create online platforms that you can automate so that you're not exchanging time for money. So I do this. I help people and women specifically with this mission. And it's crazy. Like it's really, really busy. I, you know, have built this up. I used to do network marketing, Mm -hmm. went top 1% in network marketing industry realized that wasn't really in line with, with my truth and my calling anymore. And so I shifted into this arena and the whole time, Meg, I've been raising babies. You know, I've got two littles, I've got a five and a half year old, I've got a two and a half year old and I'm married. So I have three children (laughs) (laughs) and it's just, it's awesome. So that's me. I'm, you know, fueled by Jesus and too much coffee and comfy clothes. I mean, I'm just truly the epitome of mompreneur, right? Yeah. So to get into your question of, well, how do you handle balance? First, I want to say that I truly believe in balance. 
And I've heard so many times that balance is a lie and there's no such thing. And I call BS on that because I believe that you get to define what that word means. To me, that doesn't look like a 50-50 scale, right? It, what it looks like to me is how can I be the most fueled Stephanie? What are the categories for me? Not looking at anyone else defining my worth, my success. Stephanie should do this. She should be this. She should focus on being a mother or she should focus only on paying the bills. It's when I look at myself with no other element and I say, how am I the most fueled? I know that it's spirituality, it's my family, it's my health and wellness, and lastly, it's business, and it's making an impact on the world. And so these four categories equal balance for me. So then I go in and I figure out what does my week look like so that I can plan for all four of those things. And maybe in the morning, maybe it's, you know, 25% family that week, and then 60% business. Maybe the, maybe the weekend is 80% family, 20% spirituality. So it's not equal scales, but it's, it's making sure that I touch on each of those four categories each week. And I use a planner, old school paper planner girl. And the only time I use online systems is for scheduling. And then I move it to a planner because if you live in a proactive instead of a reactive state, you have more balance, right? Because I can say... This hour is literally dedicated to nothing but my kids. I hide my phone. Yes, I hide it because we're online entrepreneurs. And I get that one hour and I go sit my hiney on the floor and I do puzzles and I play. And maybe the next few hours are business or something. So it's all about time blocking, being proactive instead of reactive for me because running businesses, having kids, doing all these things, you have to own your day. Mm-hmm. And you have to take your power back that you actually have control of every hour in your day and stop making excuses as to why you can't be balanced because that's just you making excuses for the things that you feel like you're lacking in. So does that help? Does that answer that question? Yeah. No. And I love so much, so much that you said, number one, it's just been recently that I spent time probably an hour or two defining my like core values, which basically what you explained, having your four, your four elements of balance. And I've got five of them and they're very similar. Um, I said five was the max <laughs> that I could. That yeah, I, could I think have. so. That's good. And the same way. I feel like anytime a new opportunity is presented to me, I look at those five values and I literally will pull them up on my website. Um, I should print them out, but I, I pull up my website and I look at them and I ask if they check you know, if this new opportunity checks all the boxes, like, will it fulfill me? So I love that. Um, and it's been so helpful for me that I'm sure if other people are listening, they're going to get, I hope they will get that big takeaway from that. And I don't do a paper planner, but I do the same thing with time blocking on my Google calendar. And I've podcasted about that before with time blocking and giving your family the same weight you would give a client call. Exactly. Like it's not less important. No. And I think people feel guilty, Meg, especially the mom community. We feel guilty if it's not 50, 50, like, Oh, I'm a bad mom. If I'm not spending 50% of my time with my children. But I think like you had mentioned, balance is different for everyone. Like my split of those categories or those life segments, that's going to look totally different than yours. 
and it's going to look totally different than Sally's. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to define what makes every, what makes you happy in your soul. And you can tell, I can tell when I'm like, I've been ignoring these babies all day. Okay. I'm not going to feel bad about it, but tomorrow I'm going to take them to the zoo for an hour or two. You don't have to feel bad. You just have to know and notice and be self-aware enough to say, what maybe needs to be shifted tomorrow or the rest of the week so that at the end of the week, I can say I hit on all these categories and I feel great and they feel great. And nobody else's opinion matters. And I think you touched on that and it's going to look different to everybody. And I, I've mentioned before, like my parenting style is literally this like patchwork quilt of bits and pieces I've taken from other people's parenting styles and put it into what works for me, but what works for me may not work for somebody else. And that's fine. So I love that. I don't think it's a 50, 50 split either. I think for me, like my ultimate goal is to have a disproportionately ginormous amount of time with my family. I love it. But (laughs) we need to get there. Yes. And And you can't, you can't just get there, right? You're going to have to hustle and put in the grit and the work to get there. Right. So it's not always going to be a peach pie. Some days are literally going to be hustle and grind all day, every day. And that's okay. Like you have permission to do that. Right. Just make sure, can you carve out an hour of literal, you know, full focus time that week for the family? And that way everybody feels really good and you don't feel bad because feeling guilty is horrible. And it's all about choices. Like even the corporate parents, they make a choice that I don't want to make, but I'm not judging them for their choice, that they're going to go to work for 40 hours plus commute times, plus, plus, plus. So we all make choices and we, (laughs) and they lead us to where we want to go. Yeah. We all have the power. Like you have, and even if you have a full-time job, you still have hours outside of that job that you get to, you get to choose what goes in there. You get it. And you have a lunch hour. You get to choose what you do in that extra time. Yeah. So it's like, claim it. Even if it's an hour that you get to choose, that's your hour to choose where you put it and make sure that it's somewhere allocated that will fuel you. So your kids are still kind of young, but are they involved at all in helping you with your business? Or do you talk to them about your business? What does that look like? So I've just started, because I am such a big advocate in my children are going to get to choose the path of their life. I was, I was raised, you're going to school, very traditional. You're getting a job. You're a high achiever. You better get, you know, A's. And I've, and to my own demise, I am a very extreme achiever so much so that I've had bouts of work, workaholism and anxiety attacks. And so I've really worked on that. And on recognizing that your worth doesn't come just from achieving and success and all of these things. And so I don't want that for my kids. I want them to say, hey, mom, I love music. Cool, baby. Well, you're going to be the best dang musician there is. Like, you don't have to have a traditional schooling if you don't want that. And so I want to teach them entrepreneurship at a young age and then help them figure out what their path might be. So for example, my two and a half year old, like, come on, he's two and a half, but we'll get out like his little books with his markers. And when mom is doing planning each morning, Landon will do planning each morning. Now my older son. So if I can get them to feel involved in my process, I do that because I don't want them to ever believe that there's a separation between, well, mom is working and you're not allowed to be part of that. Get out, go away. Like I'm so against that. And I hate it when someone's doing a live and their kids come in and they're like, get out. And they're just mean and ugly. And I'm like, I welcome it. I'm like, Hey baby, come say hi. 
right? Like this isn't, it's not bad that you have children and you're an entrepreneur, like let them experience it with you. And so granted, if I'm on a podcast episode, they're not in here. But if I'm planning, if I'm working on the computer, then maybe I have a learning app and they can work with me or do phone calls with mama and play on their phone. So I do that. And then the older one, he is so into building and engineering. And so I know that he's not really as excited about playing with his planner as the little one. So what I do for him is I actually call this a playlist. You guys will love this for the summer. My five and a half year old comes in and he will say, okay, mama, I've got my sheet of paper and I want to plan my playlist while you work. I'm going to work. And I say, cool. What do you want to do? You can pick anything you want to do. And he says, okay, I'm going to build a tower. Then I'm going to build my racetrack. Then I'm going to do arts and crafts. And so we make a list and we call it a playlist. And then I set a timer on my phone and he gets to go work while mama works. And the beauty of this that I've found, and this might just be a parenting hack for those of you trying to work with kids is that instead of saying go play, when I give him a task list of things to achieve, he gets to check the box or put the sticker and he gets to focus on a time. And it's so exciting for him to say, can I do all of these things in 30 minutes? So he's checking the clock, he's checking the boxes, and he just has so much fun. And when we're done with it, we set it to the side so that we can then show daddy when he gets home from work or FaceTime him. So it's like, give the kids something to strive towards that fuels them. And then if you give them the checklist and the to-do list, almost in a way like mom is doing a to-do list, they feel almost just like they're achieving in a little way. Even it's five and a half achievement. Like you build a tower and that's amazing. So those are just some of the tricks I use. I love that. And I, I think, I don't know if you do this, but I feel like you could also build in some of those things they don't want to do. True. So if yeah. there's something they don't want to do, you can make it a line item and then you still have to do it. You know, brushing your teeth. I know my kids love that, but some kids don't. So like putting away <laughs> your laundry, like they can put at five and a half. Yeah. You can put your chonies in the drawer, you know? <laughs> like. Yeah. So putting some of those quote unquote undesirable things on there. And it, it, I just feel like there's probably a ton of things that this is teaching them, you know, setting them up to plan their day and, and uh, get through the less desirable parts in order to get the rewards at the end. And I love too, that it gives them a checklist to review with dad when he gets home because my kids forget. <laughs> Yeah. It's, and it's a focus too, because instead of just, just go play, they're yeah. not, there's no focus. And it also helps because my son is extremely high energy. If I can give him a focus to get through this in this amount of time, I get a much bigger block of time to work while he's still working, learning and experiencing at the same time. Not just here's an iPad or here's a phone, but here's a focused activity that you can do. Well, I love that. I think that's a great idea. And it's one that I haven't heard before. So I always love learning something new, you know, and being able to think about how that could benefit our family, especially, you know, over the summer, over school breaks. Um, But even with the school year, I mean, you could build that checklist in with the, the school year or weekends, so many ways that you could use that. And you can do that at any age. And you could think outside the box too, like sometimes, it just takes the prep work. I have a, an entire podcast episode on this. It's 20 ways to entertain your kids without technology, but it takes the prep work of you saying, how can I think outside the box to set them up for success 
like get a scavenger hunt set up and put that on the list and then say, you got an hour, go do your scavenger hunt. They don't realize like, oh, she's just occupying me. <laughs> They're like, this is fun. Right. Awesome. Now I'd like to shift focus a little bit and get some, some business stuff from you, some business. So let's talk about the kind of what you offer your audience. I know you've got a lot of areas of expertise. You mentioned that you came from a place of um, direct sales, network marketing, and then you kind of shifted things over. Do you have any, any advice or tips for people who are currently in the direct sales space and are kind of approaching that that transition point because I think it's an important as somebody who's been in direct sales myself it's kind of a scary place where you're going from a business that provided you with a lot of resources and structure into starting to dabble on things on your own so do you have any tips for that transition oh yeah for sure so when you're in network marketing or direct selling here's the secret that they don't tell you you're an affiliate marketer okay and what that means is you're marketing for them in exchange commission. Now, best of the best comp plans, you're lucky if you're pulling in 30%, okay? And so what does this mean? This means if you want to go six figures or you want to build this empire or get out of that nine to five, you're going to hustle and grind like you have never hustling ground before ground, I think, um, because I did that, right? Like within two years, I went 1% top income earner. But here's the secret. I was really good. I am really good at sales and marketing. Okay. And I was willing to talk to every stranger I ever met in the entire world. And 99% of people are not willing to do that. Okay. So first question is, are you willing to do that? And are you extraordinarily passionate about that product line or that service? Did it change your life? Yes or no. Okay. If those answers are yes, you can do it. You can go crazy. Now, here's what I recommend for 98% of people, okay? It's not to look at it that way, but to say, okay, I love this company. I love these products. I'm going to have this as a stream of income, but I'm going to look at it as an affiliate opportunity because that's what you're getting paid as, an affiliate. And in the meantime, I'm going to build a brand that's mine. Now, why do you guys need that? Because as this online space continues to grow and snowball and explode, it becomes saturated. And how many other people are selling the same product as you in your company? And because you market it and they market it and it costs the same thing, there's no differentiation and you're not going to have retention. You're not going to have repeat purchases. So how can you change that narrative? You can brand you. And you never know what's going to happen five years down the road. So here's what you want to do. You want to think about who you are, what your missions are, what your zones of genius is, what are you gifted at? What are you passionate about? So for example, for me, I knew that my zones of genius were sales and marketing, but I was extremely passionate about my spirituality. So I actually paired the two and became a Christian online sales and marketing guru and seems super weird. But it was this really specific niche that for me, there was a whole segment of women just like me. And so when I created this brand that was Stephanie Gass and I just, I post my mom bun pictures and I talk about reality and that I have a poopy diaper in one hand and thousand dollars in residual income in the other, you know, because I believe you can have both. You can have B 
being an amazing mother and being a very successful entrepreneur. So I created a brand. Okay. So that's what you want to do. Create your brand first. Then you want to say, okay, how do I now grow this brand? And the way that you grow this brand guys is you create legs from your, think of it as an umbrella. What are your legs? So mine are right. Spirituality. I can talk about anything that has to do with that. I can talk about sales and marketing. And then I'm going to talk about my kids and family. Those are my three legs that feed my brand. So you want to do that for you as well. And I would keep your product name out your company. If you're with a network marketing company, keep the name out and use attraction marketing and curiosity marketing instead and allow your brand to grow and, and organically pour into this whole mission that you have and then casually mention, okay, like I could be in network marketing and market, I don't know, an online strategy or an online course and say, by the way, if you guys loved this training, I have a strategy package that I offer. Click here and get my bonus checklist or something. So create a brand that's yours and then allow your network marketing company to just be a monetization strategy for that brand. Does that make sense, Meg? It does. No. And that's, I think that you touched on a, a ton of stuff there. One of the things you, I think, touched on um, that I just want to highlight a little bit more is you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I'll tell you that I, like I said, have experience with direct sales company and companies that one day they just went away. And it's, dang, it's like, you don't know, you don't always know the the inner workings of the headquarters or home office or or whatever you want to call it the actual business the corporate side of things and this happens frequently i i mean i feel like i could come up with five companies that used to be direct sales companies there was another big one semi recently that just went from direct sales and now they're going to be in like retail stores or something and this kind of stuff happens and you don't really know and if you're branded as direct sale company consultant and that company goes away. Who so are you? You're, 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 I don't want to say nobody. <laughs> well, well, it's funny that you say this, Meg, because that's exactly what happened for me. Uh-huh. Everything started three, four years in, $17,000 months, you know, the big stage, the checks, the car bonuses, the trips. It started crumbling because everyone wanted to go the next best thing. And it wasn't mine. And as hard as I could work, I mean, as hard as I could work, it was crumbling underneath me and it wasn't mine. And that was the moment I found myself in this huge, just struggle of who is, who am I? Like my whole identity was wrapped up in that company. And so at that moment, that's when it became clear. I will never do this again. Like this is going to be a brand that's 100% mine. I'm building my own passive income products, Mm -hmm. my own courses. I'm going to take back my own power over my entrepreneurship journey because you don't know if that company is going to be there. You don't know if your heart's going to change. What if they rebrand and then you lose all your customers? Like you must, must have a brand that's yours. Yes. And then those companies are just little bon like there's little bonuses, like you said. And I, I feel like I encourage people through this all the time. Like if you've got an essential oil company that you're with, you can write a blog post about your kids and just happen to mention the oils that they love the most right now. Or so it, it becomes like a support of your, of your brand. Not the brand. Not the brand. And then if that company goes under, 
And I mean, maybe you switched to the evil competitor. You know, right now they're the evil competitor, but then they become the only option. <laughs> so yeah. It's like it gives you that flexibility to just change who, who you're using, which is real life. Like there's it's some life, there's some brands even that I buy at like Target that, you know, I support them until something happens and I don't, or like I have a company that would print my business cards and then customer service started going down the toilet and now I support somebody else and it's natural. And you still grow because the brand is not blank company. It's Meg Brunson. And so you can continue to grow because you've built a brand that is evergreen. Right. And we're not saying abandon your direct sales companies. Absolutely not. You can still leverage them, but they're not the be all end all. They're just a supporting branch of your business. Exactly. And it, and if you are in that 1% that I think some people are, I'm so obsessed with this product for whatever reason, and I'm super gifted at sales and marketing and I'm willing to hustle and grit, you know, because there was very little, there was very little automation and residual in it as well, Meg. Like I had to, I work just as much as I did in corporate. I worked 40 to 60 hours a week. I believe it. The th- little phone thing was literally glued to my face. And so the other beauty of when you create your own brand is you can start branching into fully passive income products. Like that oil mom, she could be doing that blog post, mention the oils. So that's one income stream. She could also say, oh, by the way, I have 10 ways to get started with oils handbook and it's on sale for $27. And now she has two ways to monetize her brand, but the handbook is a hundred percent profit margin and it's hers. Right. So you can get those multiple income streams and yes. And I just love like the, I'm so big on the courses and the eBooks because you don't have to show up for that and, and meet with people one-on-one. It's true residual. Like we went camping last weekend. I have a podcast course and I think I sold four of those. It was like $2,000 when we were camping. And I'm like, this is literally where it's at. Like creating something that is evergreen, that is your brand, your expertise that you don't have to show up for all the time. Right. So at what point do you think somebody should start to consider that? Like now they're in direct sales. Now they understand they need a personal brand. At what point, I feel like I have a twofold question. So number one, at what point can they start to consider that? And number two, how do you know whether you should start with something free like an opt-in or paid like a course or a, a book, like you said? And I don't know if, if how you're going to answer those questions, so I'm just going to put okay. them both out there. <laughs> okay. So firstly, when should they start? You should start as soon as you're very clear on your umbrella brand. So that little umbrella I kind of tried to visualize for you guys that has who you are, your mission, your passion. What is the brand? Then you have your legs. The second piece is when you know your avatar, and that means you, who is your ideal customer and client, okay? So for this oils girl, since we're talking about her, who's she marketing to? Is it, is it specifically a mom with preschoolers? What does she love? Who is she? What's her name? Where is she struggling? What are her hot points? You know, is she holistic? Is she a vegetarian? Like, what are the things about this woman? And you got to know her inside and out. So first, it's understanding that. The next step is, I don't care if you have zero followers, you could still create this stuff, you guys. I went backwards and I actually created freebies, opt-ins, and courses before I had a market because I, I, it had worked for me. I knew how to grow and scale a network marketing business in two years using Facebook, sales marketing, and attraction marketing. So I created a handbook 
called the Attraction, um, Attraction Marketing Guide Handbook. And I created it before I had a following of people to coach and mentor because I had done it for me. So I created this handbook and it was, it was $37. And then I, you know, used some urgency strategies behind it and marketed it for 12. Well, as I started to grow a brand, I was able to, from day one, monetize the brand because I had the handbook. And so you can start right away. So that's that answer. Secondly, do you start free or do you start with product? Free always, always free every single time. And that is at least have something free to start growing your list with. Like I could have done five ways to get started with attraction marketing as a network marketer, had a little blog or even a video, offer that for free, started growing my list and in the background been writing my handbook or my mini course. Okay. And so, and you can always change and grow. I now have six courses. And so that first course, you know, it's wonderful and it still sells, but it's nothing like where I've gotten to two years down the road. So it's get the free stuff out that adds value to your avatar. What does she need from you? She needs a guide to oils. She needs to know which oils to use during the school season. She needs to know how to make her oils last. Okay. So she needs to know those things. So create freebies around that. And then in the, in the background, how can you create something that's paid to take that mama from, oh, I love this free stuff, this checklist, this video, to I love this free stuff so much, what else does this person have? And maybe a month or two, all of a sudden you got a mini course for her and she wants to buy from you. And now I, that gave me another question. So you've got yeah. all of these, you've got your business and you've got all these different legs. Your courses, are they all in the same realm or do they touch on different legs? Okay. So your, my courses are all going to be within the umbrella, right? So it's online marketing and sales is my zone of genius. So yeah. everything in my umbrella, and it, because that's what I want to teach, right? That's what I know. That's what I understand. Sure. However, here's what morphed Meg. In the beginning, it was, I'm only talking to network marketers. That's what I started with. So my first two courses were attraction marketing, Facebook marketing for network marketers. Okay. Then other people started to come to me, bloggers, people, Etsy store people, like they were like, Ooh, I can use these strategies for actually marketing anything. And I'm so in love with all these ideas for building a brand and a community, Facebook groups, podcasting. How do I grow? How do I create a funnel, a sales funnel, like all of these other things. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I said, okay, the courses are the same. However, I'm going to change the avatar a little bit. She's not just a network marketer anymore. She's a mompreneur. She does anything in the online space. And so, does that, so that's the answer there. So you can morph and change. And you could even say, hey, I started here in the oils. All of a sudden, I realized I'm actually a holistic coach. And so this woman could shift and go, well, I've got oils courses and workbooks. And I also have this holistic healing group coaching program or membership group. So you can morph and shift because your avatar is probably similar to you. Mm -hmm. Even if you 180, so what? You learned how to build a course. You learned how to sell a course. You still learned. And that's the beauty too of the personal branding is if you 180, you can just do it. And all your branding stays the same because you're still you. Yeah. I started my blog as a lifestyle blog. It was like, how to DIY your mantle? Like what? <laughs> but it was stephaniegass.com. Well, now 
it's obviously nothing to do with that, but it's the same website. And I still have all the same followers and the same people, like the same 20,000 website views a month or whatever. It never stopped. Maybe some people fell off because they're like, she's not talking about mantles anymore. (laughs) However, it just continued to grow and build upon itself. Right. And so, but if I had branded it as this is a, you know, um, mantlewebsite.com, I could have never converted it over into what it is now as this female entrepreneurship movement. Right. Right. And I did the same thing. I started as a mom blog. Yeah. Where it was like crafts and stuff with my kids. And now I, but that's the thing is I'm still able because it's personally branded. I'm still able to do the occasional mom blog thing, which sometimes I get an opportunity from, you know, a big brand will reach out and they'll say, Hey, do you want to do this review? And I can still say yes. And, and it's that's like, the beauty of it. Yeah. It's, it's you get to create your brand and the things that light you up. Like you have a familypreneur podcast and you're a Facebook ad strategist, right? But you're Meg Brunson. The umbrella is Meg and the right. things that light Meg up are what her legs are. And she's monetizing using her services as a Facebook ad strategist, right? You've got your podcast, which you could have sponsorships on here. You could use affiliate marketing. And the third piece is Meg needs her some courses. Right. You have courses, you have yeah. courses to teach us Facebook ads. So that's your, your kind of final piece of the puzzle is creating, um, passive income strategies. Like Meg has the right. courses. I have courses, etc. But I definitely was discouraged. I'll, I'll be honest. I had yeah. people telling me it wouldn't work. Yeah. Like you can't have a mom blog and a marketing blog. Like it, they're two, two totally different things. Well, it can work. So you can do, you can do anything you want to do. And here's the beauty of it. Because you go do something different, that's what actually creates a more specialized niche for you and you're going to be more successful. Because right. I had the same thing. People tell me, you can't pair Christianity and online business. I'm like, oh, did you just say I can't do something? Like, watch me work, right? Right. And the beauty of it is because you're so niched into something that's so dialed into who you are, those people find you and you rise to the top of a smaller category of people than Meg just saying, I'm only a Facebook ad strategist out of the millions of Facebook ad strategists out there. They're not hiring Meg because she's an amazing Facebook ad strategist. They're hiring her because they love your personality and the the cool, the, that you're a familypreneur and you're juggling four kids and sometimes you have purple hair and like, that's who makes who you are. Right. Right. So I know we're running out of time. Yeah, we're good. Now that you've given us so much information, so much value, whether you're a network marketing mama who now wants to, to start shifting into the personal brand, or maybe you have a personal brand and you're realizing that there are other passions that you want to weave into it that maybe you left off before. Where can people connect with you, learn more about you and, and what you're offering everyone? Absolutely. So the best place is my website, which is stephaniegass.com. And that's Stephanie with an F and then G-A-S-S.com. I have a podcast called the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. And on that show, I teach all things sales and marketing, online strategy, mompreneur balance. So if you love this show, you'll probably love mine. And come say what up on Instagram. My handle is at Stephanie Gass. Awesome. We'll put all of those links, of course, in the show notes. And thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. It's been a ton of fun. And we'll make sure to cross promote too, because I also recorded an episode on Stephanie's show. And I think that it's going to be fun, just as fun for people to listen to both of them as it was for us to record them both. I think um, so. (laughs) Back to back. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you.
you'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. And just look for the episode from Stephanie Gass. I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Familypreneur Podcast today, and I encourage you to join me every day within the Familypreneur community at familypreneurcommunity.com. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a good one. Bye. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.